0: Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Phenomenon, because I'm gonna talk about some strange aircraft phenomenon people seem to do, (laughs) and then the phenomenal story of the US Air Ditching. Now I'm going to do something in this episode that I don't normally do. I don't think I'm supposed to do, but I am going to include some highlights from the 60 Minute Interview with the Crew, the David Letterman Interview with the Crew, and a song from A Prairie Home Companion. And like I said, I'm not supposed to do this. I've never done it before. But in this instance, I feel like it's all right because anyone who listens to this show, and it's such a little show, I doubt anybody's going to get that angry with me, but if you listen to the show, you have an interest in the airline profession or aviation. And I was afraid that you possibly missed some of the best parts of those shows. And I just didn't want you to miss it. And as you're listening to some of the interviews, I want you to keep in mind, I I was afraid that some people listening to the interviews would be thinking, well, why didn't the flight attendants know they were landing in the water? Because they keep saying, oh, I didn't know there was water until, you know, I, I... got up and looked out the window and saw water. Well, the reason they didn't know is because in general, we do not have window seats. <laughs> That's a strange phenomenon. <laughs> but our seats are generally by the door and the door has like a porthole type window, but it is not in your eyeline as you're sitting down. So until you get up, get out of your seatbelt, get up and look out of that little portal, they didn't know and they heard that brace for impact of course they assumed they were bracing for impact on land on a runway they had no idea they were landing in the water The passengers would have known more than they would have because they they can see out the window and see they're landing in water so that's when you hear the interviews that's part of their shock when they actually looked out the window and realized they were landing in the water okay so like i said this is um Strange airplane phenomenon and the phenomenal story of the successful U.S. Air ditching. So I was talking about. There's an interesting thing that happens, you know, when people get on the airplane. They have all these rituals they go through. They they kiss the plane. And they knock on the plane. They cross themselves in front of the plane they they do all kind of things they kiss their hand and then they touch the plane (laughs) and there's so many people do so many of these things well this flight attendant who used to work for Pan Am was telling me that uh, this woman approached the aircraft door and she had one of those things that the priest has that has holy water in it that thing that you fling the holy water (laughs) She flung the holy water on the plane on this side and flung the holy water on the plane on that side. And then she flung the holy water (laughs) right on the flight attendant. (laughs) Flight attendant was like, what are you doing? And she said, I'm blessing the plane. (laughs) She's like, okay, whatever works. (laughs) So historically... If there was even an airline incident in a movie we were showing on the airplane, we would edit it out. So we didn't show any plane crashes as we were flying in an airplane. So when the U.S. air ditching happened, I happened to be flying in the air when it was happening. And now we have live, direct, satellite television So it is happening live when we are actually in an airplane. It's just like a whole new world we have going on here. (laughs) And, you know, the rules sort of have changed. So... We took off and didn't know anything about the U.S. Air incident, and we're back in the back galley setting up the carts, and uh, this one flight attendant went to go talk to a woman who said she had low blood sugar and she was feeling faint, so she had gone up to deal with her, and we're setting up the carts. So she comes back to the galley, and she says, oh, that lady I was just helping, she said that U.S. Air crashed in the Hudson because of bees. (laughs) We're back in the back galley, and I go, oh, is she a little crazy? (laughs) that was my first instinct instinct is that you know she's probably high maintenance that's why she says she's feeling faint and she's a little crazy <laughs> but we're in the back galley then saying oh yeah like bees could take down a plane like how many bees would it have to be and you know how how high are the bees flying <laughs> so we're joking around we finish setting up the carts and we start rolling up the aisle and I'm going backwards and a friend of mine is is going forward and so as she's going forward she can see the television screens and a lot of people had on CNN so she's she's going wait a minute I, I think that U.S. Air did crash and I'm like really and, and we're rolling a little further and she's like they they are in the Hudson and I'm like really and I'm like because of bees <laughs> And she's like, no, no, no. It's not it was birds. So maybe uh the passenger said geese and the flight didn't heard bees. I don't know how we got the bee miscommunication. But now this is so strange, is that we, of course, as flight crew are immensely interested when an airline incident happens, you know, I mean, because it's very close to home for us. So I'm now on a beverage cart when we're having live television talking about US Air crashing in the Hudson. So I say to her, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you're going to have to, you know, tell me what's happening because she can see the TV screens and I can't. So she's like, oh yeah, they're in the Hudson. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and she's like, wait a minute, it looks like there's people on the wings. I'm like, there's people on the wings? It's so difficult to not want to watch the television and saying, you know, hi, something to drink when... Another airline is in the Hudson and there are people standing on the wings. So anyway, I'm like, you know, you have to tell me what's going on. She's like, okay, it looks like, it, it looks like they're saying that people are okay. And I'm like, really? And um, I'm still doing the beverage service. And she's like, yeah, I think they're saying that everyone got out all right. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. There really has never been a successful ditching. And this man, this passenger says to me, I don't think you should be talking about this. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, well, you're right. I guess we shouldn't be talking about plane crashes when we're in an airplane. But the weird thing is that all the passengers are watching it live and they're all talking about it and they're asking us about it. So it's very hard not to talk about it. So I was like, oh, you're right, sir. So I like something else to drink. Oh, would you like ice in your water? So we we roll two more rows and I'm like, what's happening now? <laughs> Because, you know, he couldn't hear. It's just a very strange new world that we have going on. You know, we were thinking to ourselves, we're like, well, what if this was a bad crash? You know, should we turn the the live TVs off? You know, we could do that. But then again, is that wrong? You know, it's a whole strange new phenomenon having live television as you're flying in the plane. I actually, was working also on the Super Bowl. And um, that's weird, too, because... The whole first class cabin was like going, ah! You know, my instinct, because <laughs> I'm a flight attendant and I'm always afraid someone's having a heart attack or something, so when I want to hear everybody screaming, I immediately turn around and I realize they're just cheering for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so things have definitely changed.
1: Here's a song that uh, I wrote yesterday for. A little piece of amazing heroism that you've been looking at over and over on the TV. Out there in in the Hudson River, just off Manhattan. If you were in one of those tall buildings in Manhattan and you were looking off to the west, you saw something you'll remember for the rest of your life. His name was Chesley B. Sullenberger III, which for a pilot is somewhat absurd. A pilot's name should be Buzz, Bill, or Chuck, but a name like Chesley may mean good luck. He was flying an Airbus out of New York when at 3,000 feet the engine lost torque. His voice was calm as he sent out the word: Chesley be sullen, Burger the third, no time to maneuver or head for New Jersey. The force of gravity shows us no mercy. And there was the river stretching for miles. So he said to his co-pilot, Jeffrey Skiles, we'll put it down here. Don't look at those maps. Bring the landing gear up and extend the flaps. And the flight attendants prepared themselves. Donna Dent, Sheila Dale and Doreen Welsh. The city spread out below their feet, and he landed at the foot of 48th Street. On the Hudson River, he landed that bird, Chesley B. Sullen, Berger Third. The plane did not sink. It lay on the river and all aboard were safely delivered it could have been tragic but no deaths occurred thanks to chesley b sullen burger the third the next time you fly look in the cockpit where the captain and first officer sit ready to take you up and onward like chesley b sullen Burger the Third take you across the country for miles with officers like Jeffrey Skiles and attendants who, in crisis, won't fail Donna Dent, Doreen Welsh, and Sheila Dale. Hope they're all warm at last after their adventure in the Hudson River.
0: Another strange phenomenon. Has anybody noticed how many actors and actresses are afraid to fly? If you watch talk shows, they're always talking about not wanting to fly. Oh, I have to take a car across the country because I can't get on an airplane. I have to take Xanax or a bunch of cocktails before I get on a plane because I'm so afraid of flying. Is it that profession, like that type of personality that gets into that profession, is prone to be afraid of flying? Or maybe it's just the drama of it, you know, oh, I'm so afraid of flying. Or I don't know. It just seems curious to me that so many of them are afraid of flying. And we've had all types of Actors and actresses get on the airplane and do kind of strange things just because they're afraid to fly. There's one very famous actor sat at the window seat in the fetal position the entire flight because so afraid to fly. Just strange phenomenon. Actors. What is it about them that they're just so afraid to fly?
2: merge of a highly trained pro with a cool demeanor who had deftly guided his doomed aircraft to safety in an instant captain chesley sully sullenberger found himself at the heart of an uplifting news story people all over the world wanted to celebrate
3: it was the worst sickening pit of your stomach falling through the floor feeling i've ever felt in my life i knew immediately it was very bad the normal Uh, Climb out in every regard and about 90 seconds after takeoff, I noticed there were Birds filling the entire windscreen from top to bottom left to right large birds too close to avoid
2: When did you realize These birds had hit the plane
3: Oh, you could hear them as soon as they did loud thumps It felt like the airplane being pelted by heavy rain or hail It was shocking
2: When did you realize that these birds had seriously damaged the aircraft?
3: When I felt, heard, and smelled the evidence of them going into the engines.
2: Right away, the engines are failing?
3: Yes, it was obvious to me from the very moment that we lost the thrust that this was a critical situation. Losing thrust on both engines at a low speed, at a low altitude over one of the most Densely populated areas on the planet. The only viable alternative, the only level, smooth place sufficiently large to land an airliner was the river.
2: Did you at any point pray?
3: Uh, I would imagine somebody in back was taking care of that for me while I was flying the airplane. I needed to touch down with the wings exactly level, I needed to touch down with the nose slightly up. I needed to touch down at a a decent rate that was survivable. And I needed to touch down just above our minimum flying speed, but not below it. And I needed to make all these things happen simultaneously. I made the brace for impact announcement in the cabin. And immediately, through the hardened cockpit door, I heard the flight attendants begin shouting their commands in response to my command to brace heads down, stay down. I could hear them clearly. They They were chanting it in unison over and over again to the passengers to warn them and instruct them. And I felt very comforted by that. I knew immediately that they were on the same page, that if I could land the airplane, that they could get them out safely. I think in many ways, as it turned out, my entire life up to that moment had been a preparation to handle that particular moment.
2: Let's talk about the moment of impact. At the front of the plane, what was it like there? We were thinking that wasn't so bad. I mean, it, it was a hard impact and and
4: I thought, well, the gear must not have been down because there was no bounce to it, it was just a slam.
2: Did you know that you were landing in water?
0: No, we didn't, mm. not until we looked out the window and saw the water, That's what. that's when we found out.
4: When I got out of my seat and saw that water, it was the most shocked I've ever been in my life. It's just rising. You know, garbage cans were floating, coffee pots were floating like at this level, and things were flying. It was crazy back there.
2: impact was so powerful that it tore a hole under the airplane's tail. Doreen Welsh feared she and some of the passengers would not get out alive as water was pouring
4: into the cabin. By the time I left there, it was here. There was no doubt in my mind it was over. And I just went crazy and started yelling people and pushing people and getting people to go over the seats. And as I was getting up, I thought, I, I might actually live. Because a second ago, I thought I was gone. So my emotions had gone through within seconds, accepting death and seeing life. It was unbelievable. Berger himself walked up and down the cabin twice to make sure everyone was
2: out. Then he took a final look at his sinking plane, grabbed the maintenance logbook, and jumped into the last life raft, now filled with passengers. Did you see those people standing on that wing?
3: Yes. It's an amazing sight. I'll never forget it. Bugging people for hours, I finally got the word that it was official, that the count was 155
2: all survived.
3: Yes, thing, but I remember feeling the most intense feeling of relief that I ever felt in my life. I felt like the weight of the universe had been lifted off my heart. 155 is a number, but when you can put faces to it, and not just the 155 faces, but the, the other faces, the wives, the daughters, the sons, the fathers, the mothers, the brothers, It gets to be a pretty big number pretty quickly.
4: Big Apple Hero. Yesterday I received a voicemail from my 84 year old father who lives on the 30th floor of a building with river views here in Manhattan. Had you not been so skilled, my father or others like him in their sky high buildings could have perished along with your passengers had not you landed in the river as you had. As a Holocaust survivor, my father taught me that to save a life is to save a world. As you never know, what the person you've saved, nor his or her prodigy, will go on to contribute to the peace and healing of the world. Bless you, dear Captain Sullenberger. New York loves you. That is my favorite one. Yeah, mine too.
1: Stand by me. Leave the
0: Wanna lift you up? Another strange phenomenon, at least to me, is that whenever I say I have a podcast about funny airline and travel stories, people like 95% of the time say, oh, you mean mile high stories? Why is it that people think the only interesting thing that happens on an airplane is people doing it in the bathroom? (laughs) that seems like a strange phenomenon to me like that's immediately where their minds go <laughs> I don't know but anyway since everybody seems to like those stories here's one of those she goes, two
5: weeks ago I'm on a trip supposed to go Boston down to Orlando we're on a mechanical we're delayed for about three or four hours so by the time we finally get everything done and pushed it's it's the middle of the night and I'm working up at first class it's dark and you think everybody's sleeping um and pretty much most of the passengers were right but she's checking on her passengers up in first class and this black lady comes from coach and just snatches open the curtains and goes you got to come back here right now and take care of this i can't stand there no more (laughs) they've been going at it for an hour and it was and i just can't stand no more and james like oh my god oh my god okay and, and the lady goes back to her seat, and Jenny storming through the bulkhead, gets into the coach and looks at it. and sure enough, they're going at it. And she just goes, and she, she drove complete blank. She, she goes, I wanted to scream, hey, stop that. She, all I could think of was, hey, cut that out. Hey, you can't do that. And so she reaches up to the overhead, grabs a blanket, throws a blanket on him and goes, you guys need to get back in your seats. Put your seat belts on and stop. from there. Uh, but apparently during the delay, the two of them had oh. kind of gotten friendly at the. Um, were they strangers? The, the airport bar did not did not meet. Yeah, I don't think they met until the. Uh, they, they were definitely not together. <laughs> and then they were together before the before the mechanical delay. But they were definitely together after the delay. <laughs>
0: So somebody sent me this comedian on YouTube who used to be a flight attendant. It was very funny, but one of the things he said (laughs) really struck close to home. You know, I I fly a lot of all-nighters, and there are flights on an all nighter where then you have to serve breakfast, maybe like an hour and a half out. So you turn the lights on. We generally don't want to turn them on too bright because we know people are sleeping. But you know, to serve breakfast, you got to turn the lights on. So he said that uh, they turned the lights on and they got to this man and the man was very angry. And he said, Do you have to have these effing lights on? And the, the flight attendant said, um, sir, those are not our effing lights these are our breakfast lights because if they were our effing lights they'd be dimmer
6: (laughs) the captain and i agree that we have a lot in in common we we both know what it's like to have people running screaming for the exits (laughs) the uh, pilot and uh, co-pilot of u.s airways flight 1549 our first guests Managed defeat unprecedented in aviation history, an emergency water landing which saved the lives of every passenger and crew member on board. Please welcome two heroes, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger III and First Officer Jeffrey Skiles. Gentlemen, come on out. Combined time, seat time flying, 40,000 hours. And and in that time, individually or collectively, uh, any emergency circumstances prior to this day?
3: A few, nothing like this. In fact, before the 15th, I'd never experienced an actual engine failure in an airplane I'd ever flown. It, in all years. of those
7: hours and all of those years flying. Well, and how about you, Jeff? I've had an engine failure, but just one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> good plan.
6: <laughs> Anything in particular about this aircraft that that uh, lends itself to
3: what you needed to do with it? You know, it's a fly-by-wire airplane. It has a lot of computer protections for the yeah. flight envelope and plenty of wing
6: space for standing passengers in the river. Yeah. <laughs> that was a not big... a problem there. No pushing, no shoving. We got plenty of space. <laughs> tired of uh, going around and telling your story or is this all part of working through it
7: emotionally? I'm more than tired of telling this
1: story.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: Now, do you mind going through this again? 3.25.48 p.m., uh, flight 1549 begins its takeoff roll at LaGuardia. At that point, everything's fine. Yeah, normal. And you're headed for Charleston? Is that the uh, destination? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, 3.27.01 p.m., uh, this is a minute 13 seconds at 3,200 feet. So this happened like a minute after you're uh, taken off. Uh, bird strike loses power in in, in both engines. you got more
7: information than we have. <laughs> 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 this is the first we're hearing of this. Yeah. Oh, I got the whole thing.
6: Uh, and, 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 Do you have two of those? Yeah, I can get you a copy of this. <laughs> All right, so um, the, at that point, you take over the aircraft, and then it's your job to try and restart those engines. Is that correct? That's true. Yeah. I failed. And, and uh, <laughs> gave, gave the whole mission a black eye. <laughs> At three twenty-eight p.m., uh, snacks and beverages were served. No, that's no, that's not. I'm sorry. By the way, everybody knows there's trouble. Everybody is focused on you guys, and you're cleared to get back to LaGuardia. And you said uh, we may end up in the Hudson. Yes. Yeah. Uh, three twenty-nine. Uh, Sullenberger clears the George Washington Bridge by roughly a thousand feet. Oh, my God. It's better than zero feet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, sure. Yeah. Anything's fine. Uh, Now, if if this had been a normal landing on a a runway, you would not have had time enough to prepare for that landing. Is that correct? If it was a normal landing, you would have not had time.
3: Oh, I think we would have, but this was definitely a time-critical
6: operation. Right. Did it it skip? Did it bounce off the water, or did it just kind of hit and then snug in?
3: You know, I have seen the video, and it seems like it it, uh, stayed on the water, and the nose gradually came down. Mm -hmm. Wow. Could you do it again? (laughs) Um.
6: I'll Um. pay for the fuel. Let's try it. And, and and what now? Now your job is pretty much done. You can't get the engines restarted. What what are you doing in, in the in the right seat? What what are, what are your activities
7: at this point? I'm pr- pretty much just paralyzed with terror at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
6: and 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 you 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 train for the water landing, but but I'm told that among pilots, the water landing is almost a bit of a. Yeah. Okay. Water landing. But good luck.
7: It well, doesn't the training is pretty minimal. We have to every year. You have to review something. Well, one of the big things that sticks in my mind is they say you have to land on the backside of a swell. <laughs> I have no idea which side of the swell is the backside. <laughs> Fortunately, there weren't any swells in the Hudson River the back that day. Backside of a swell. Backside. Now, I,
6: I'm guessing that the fact that it was the Hudson, although it's a pretty good current are running south oh. there, it probably better than landing in ocean water, right? Yes except it stinks. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Our next guest, uh, we're also vitally instrumental in saving the lives of all 155 people on board. Please welcome three more heroes, the flight attendants from US Airways Flight 1549, Doreen Welsh, Donna Dent, and Sheila Dale. Kids, come on up. Uh, aware of the initial impact, did they hear it
0: as well? not know that they heard the impact they definitely heard the, the, it was silent
6: yeah yeah it was uh,
0: heard and, and
6: uh, whenever I fly even without a bird strike it's <laughs> it's it's always near panic for me <laughs> uh, how did the group behave immediately
4: Mike they had a well-behaved group
3: mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Mine were they were more right. nervous and more anxious, and they started the cell phone calls. And phone well, I under, yeah I understood uh, that.
6: Because uh, screaming, crying, wailing.
4: Not no. in the front part. Of People the cabin.
6: running around? Anybody?
4: No, they were all in their seat. Yes. It was quick, so everybody was you know still strapped in.
6: Yeah. So so one has has to believe that in that circumstance, everybody in that plane, uh, with the exception of U five here, probably went into a, an immediate version of some kind of shock or terror alert. Probably right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you secure the cabin. What, what what are your responsibilities now when you realize uh, we're making an emergency landing of some form?
4: There wasn't time. was no time, and we were still secured from. We just took off, so that, you know they hadn't started their iPods. And well, I hope that you know. Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> so are you are you are you folks still in in uh, jump seats? Is that where you guys are? Uh, and, and waiting now, uh, procedurally, to hear from the cockpit? Is that what happened? Because you're not allowed to talk to the cockpit in a situation like this?
4: We're not supposed to. Yeah. No. Yeah.
6: So so what was the first thing you heard from the cockpit?
2: Brace for impact.
6: Brace for impact. Now, uh, ever hear that before, coming out of a cockpit? No, no.
7: <laughs> not ever. Um,
6: ever. Ever hear that in any other aspect of your lives? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The door was opened, one of your buddies opened the back door.
4: <laughs> one of my
6: people. Yeah. <laughs> what what happened there?
4: Well, I got up and you know, looked out and had no idea and saw the water and had that I'd take the one second and, <gasps> yeah. and then I when I turned around to start directing everybody she just bulldozed by me and I'm panicked and I do understand, but I mean she just started grabbing everything and cracked that door open and and just grabbed her and right. tossed her aside. And... There you go. Something I've dreamed about for 38 years. <laughs> Unfortunately, wrong circumstances. Now, what we talked was,
5: uh,
6: earlier to uh, Sully and Jeff about this, but was that breach of the door uh, p- potentially catastrophic? Should that door have remained closed to support the integrity of the buoyancy of the aircraft?
4: Well, that I just know it should have stayed closed to keep the water out. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah.
6: I guess that... <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, uh, five of you here, uh, scared, uh, not scared. Uh, you go into automatic, it, it becomes cursory, it becomes uh, part of the training. What, what happens? What are the feelings? Concerned. Concerned? Busy. Yeah, yeah and busy and and you you're back petrified. there petrified petrified yeah because uh, uh, i understand that you were uh, waist uh, uh, chest deep in in water and in the front it wasn't quite so bad is that correct no. oh, yeah. yeah and was that because uh, your friend had opened the door that there was
4: <laughs> yes dave
6: so so with so without that door being opened you wouldn't have uh, had the sensation of of drowning imminently oh my god Wow, See, that's what I'm talking about, passengers. I mean, what is wrong with them?
4: <laughs> so how do,
6: how do we now get 155 people out of this aircraft?
4: Well, Donna and Sheila can tell you what they did their uh, their part up front with the rafts. The, what they were supposed to do, they they had the whole normal right. evacuation like we practiced in training.
7: Right. So.
6: But you you got kind of got to push people out of the water oh, up. I to had the... a whole other show. Yeah.
4: Nothing I was ever. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Well, I, I mean, if perhaps you had that circumstance because you were qualified to handle it, you know? You ever look at it like that?
4: Uh, not so much, but Not so much, yeah.
6: <laughs> Well, it's just crazy. And then one guy uh, comes up to somebody in their underwear. Who was the guy that came up, up I to I don't know end-
0: who he was. Yeah. Plus, he thought he was going to have to swim, so he took off his clothes. So. Uh-huh.
6: <laughs> That's me. That would have been me. I don't well, know. I just... Hi, girls. I'm swimming in. Going to meet later for drinks?
0: Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you enjoyed the phenomenal story of the U.S. Air successful ditching I know that it's been told over and over again, and I hope this wasn't too much of a rehash for you, but for me personally, I just couldn't get enough of it. It's just so refreshing to have such a hopeful, successful airline story in the news. (laughs) You know, we just have gone through so much ever since 9-11 and the payoffs and bankruptcies that it was just so refreshing to have such a positive, heroic story story that the whole world was talking about. So I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll join me again next time for another episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase so we can travel the world together. Thanks, bye.
1: You fly when I see you and you smile so I can never reach those stars that I promised you Without you